Welcome to the Story Life Podcast. This is a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers, one of which is me, and my name is Clinton Cornwell. I am here with my co-host, Alan C. Gardner. I'm the other of which, and this is episode 17, uh, which was recorded on February 23rd, 2021, so almost two years ago now. So this was a particularly crazy episode for me to go back and listen to, because little did I know at the time, it was four days (laughs) before the fire that occurred in our former neighbor's apartment, which uh, forced... uh, uh, my wife and our two children and I out of our home. Uh, fortunately, no one was injured in the fire. Things could have been a lot worse. It certainly turned our lives upside down a bit for like four and a half months there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, wild, wild times. Uh, yeah. Before we get to the episode, I want to let you know that Alan and myself, we run a business too. Story Life is not only a podcast, it is also a business. We are creative coaches and consultants. Both of us are very experienced filmmakers. I myself, I'm I'm a professor at Tennessee State University in filmmaking. So we have a lot to potentially offer you. If you like uh, the vibe of what's going on in this podcast, our coaching is very similar and, and we're here to creatively like support you and lift you up and help you find your best creative self. So if you need any help in terms of getting yourself motivated, figuring out how you're trying to work, if you need somebody to put eyes on a cut or a script or in preparation for a movie or a part you're working on, just hit us up for a free 30-minute consultation and maybe we can figure out some way we can help you out. And I also just want to mention that, you know, I'm from Tennessee, so that's something to consider as well as far as my bonus. I don't think go. that qualifies so. you to be a coach, though, Alan, so I don't know if it's uh, relevant to uh, yeah. Yeah, but you, um, you mentioned the part where you're like a professor yeah, 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 in, yeah, yeah. in tennis. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I was <laughs> I was a citizen. Ah. Anyway, let's get into the conversation that happened before my world crumbled. <laughs> before things took a bit of a turn. All right, here we go. Roll it. How's your new year? What's your resolutions for the new year? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. Okay, so I didn't. I had more like you know my yearly goals. I guess let's 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 uh, get into the nitty gritty for a second. So when one says resolutions, I guess they tend to mean more like habits or personal things that the work. Or I guess they can be. I guess resolutions can be a pretty big umbrella. Yeah. On which to house many things. I had my yearly my my goals like going into the year for sure. Basically, things that need to get done this year. Progress is good. Uh, here we are, February twenty third. I'm feeling really good in general. I, I tend to end most years like feeling like okay because you know we both get a lot done. I I, I tend to end most years feeling like I did I did well mm-hmm. as far as getting things done. And then on personal notes, of course, you know, I mean, for me, right, you know, each year keeps getting better with my this family of mine. But no, I definitely have like project-wise things that I want to to see happen by the end of this year. So it's about getting as many of those done as as possible, and just kind of as the year keeps going, I I roll the punches, kind of prioritizing because sometimes you have to, you know, because I never enter into a year with like a quote-unquote reasonable amount of stuff stuff to do. <laughs> as far as like, I usually I usually have at least one more, at least at least one more big thing on the docket that like it's like okay, cool. If I can make that work to get that in there too, great. Otherwise, like, you know, if I can get all this other stuff done, awesome. And sometimes it requires, like, reshuffling. Like, okay, something else might become the, not the, yeah, the extra thing that I have to push back to next year or whatnot. you got to be a little unrealistic. Well, what I, what I can be most unrealistic about is just in terms of, like, 
so the stuff that I set up to do, I'm really good at getting it done. But sometimes since I like to take on so many things and time is so limited right now, I can, you know, be like, oh, maybe I can get. And as the years go by, I tend to get a little more realistic about precise like timetables. Like, OK, how long am I really going to need to get this thing done? I'm good about getting all of it done, but sometimes it just takes a little while longer than I originally think. Yeah. And that's OK, because I do like I I, I like to take on a lot, I like to create a lot. And every day I'm kind of like re, you know prioritizing or make sure as far as the projects go, like what I really need to focus on today what's going to take precedent right now and again like you know breaker breakers case in point like as far as you know creative projects go i mean that's the um, the biggest time commitment not just this year but next year and probably the year after that so just as far as the nature of that project goes that's the biggest one right now and you know it's a good example because that's when i started working on like eight years ago because i might start having an idea like percolate like at some point while i'm working on other things and then i just kind of have to you know back burner it and tend to it from time to time kind of keep tilling that soil as the months or sometimes even the years that go by yeah yeah that's the big one right now that my buddy matt gilliam and i are are working on we want to put up the play next year as as i've told you i feel like that i can be pretty realistic but i mean as from what the information i have right now like i think a year and like basically summer 2022 like i feel like that should be a pretty good time for people to go back to the theater i think that people will you know because i think everyone's gonna get you know i think sooner than that but i think that date is safe basically yeah i agree and this is something that like and i feel like at that point too like i feel like by the end of this year a lot of people will feel safer about going into those kind of situations yeah but i feel like you know even six months later even more so i think people will be pretty much like i mean fingers crossed and all that like yeah okay like feeling not just like safe to go out but like eager to go out like all right let's do this like you know Next to no trepidation, relatively speaking, for most people, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes, we're actually. Oh, well, now's a good time to tell you in the middle of this podcast that we that we are going to actually roll out at some point here, and that'll be exciting. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually about to do another podcast as well. You mentioned that last time, I think. Okay, I couldn't remember if I did for Breaker Breaker. Okay, here I'm thinking I have breaking news. <laughs> oh, you're putting the script into podcast form. Actually, no. So what we're doing? So the podcast that podcast kind of came about. We're like, all right, we're trying to look for. Because I always feel like with marketing, like, the stuff that appeals to me the most, like, I like when I feel like I'm getting a sense of who the artists are, like, who the, you know, the people involved in a project are, and when they're being, you know, candid and just, you know, relatable. And I like hearing about people's passion and the things they're enthusiastic about. And, and I, I like process. Like, I like finding out what people's processes are. So kind of the idea of this podcast is it's basically going to follow us throughout roughly from now, like in a couple of weeks, we're going to record the first one through the release of the movie. Okay. So it's going to be at least a couple of years, probably, you know, more longer than that. Yeah. But I kind of want it as like a document of what we're doing and also a way to kind of like an organic way to create awareness of the project and to, you know, build up more of a fan base and people looking forward to seeing it by the time that we put the play up next year and then the movie after that and in the album at some point as well. So it's a fun, like, conduit through which we can, like, you know, we keep having conversations about, of course, pre-production and, and preparation. And then some of it now, like, relate, revolves around the podcast and, like, what we're, you know, who we're going to have on that and how we're going to operate that. So it, one thing keeps sharpening the other, basically. Yeah, no, that sounds like a good idea. Have you listened to Startup at all? No. What is that? So Startup is a podcast by Gimlet. Basically, it follows people through the process of starting up companies and different projects. It's a complete shot in the dark, but maybe you should pitch yourselves to Startup. Okay. Just like type up an email and like, you know, uh, and listen to the show a bit, but like they do a really good job of like storytelling the 
the process of starting a business. And so it might be worth you even listening to that stuff anyways, because they're good at really narrativizing that stuff. And the first season is just the founder of the company, Gimlet, recording a podcast about himself starting up their company basically. So it's kind of like exactly okay. what you guys are doing, basically. But yeah, it'd be good to listen to. But then they've expanded that that show to following a lot more other people. And maybe you could even pitch yourself to them. And then maybe they'd be interested in following something like that. Because, you know, starting a film is a lot like starting a business. And with this, yeah, it'd be like, yeah, the play and then yeah, the album and the film. So yeah, cool. Thanks. I'm at least going to check it out for sure. Look into it. Yeah. So where are you with the? And, 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 sorry. What What's the name of the the second movie? J, we're what's just calling it JPB for right now. The letters JPB. Okay. I, yeah. Total working I, title. I didn't think I'd heard a, yeah. a title. Okay. So you know, it's cool that you have twelve. So is twelve months completely locked now? Is that totally done? Uh, we're picture locked. Um, we're we're like basically at a final sound mix right now, and so. We just kind of get got to get color correction and titles uh, finished. So yeah, it's basically done. Obviously, there's the, all that like ending technical shit always takes way longer than you want it to. But sure. in terms of the the movie being in a viewable form, it's like ninety eight percent there. You know. And what's the status of JPB or whatnot? Oh, so this here. Well, I'll 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 tell you about that situation i think we might have discussed it a little bit last time so the bottom line really is that we need to do some pickups for it or reshoots Uh and so i'm kind of like sussing out like when is a safe responsible thing to do that because like i you know i would love to do it now so you know obviously i'm the impatient filmmaker and it's like get this shit done asap but also you know as i was saying we're waiting on film festivals and things like that so there's not really any rush to get things done and i don't want to like push people's safety or anything like that if we don't have a real like deadline that we're shooting for or anything you know mm-hmm. so i feel weird yeah. so that's one aspect and then kind of the other like harder thing that i'm dealing with is so i acted in this and my co-lead female actress she um basically is quitting acting <laughs> and moving away from the united states Oh yeah, not because okay. of not because of uh, our film, although I think for her, <laughs> I think for her it was sort of like, hey, let me let me try this experience out and see if it like reinvigorates me for right, acting, right, right. and and it didn't, you know. But where so, is she from? She's from Sweden originally. Oh, okay, so. okay. So she's thinking about going back to Sweden. Yes, okay. yes. And so she's also at a place where it's like. Because she's quitting acting, because she doesn't really like, like part of the reason she's quitting acting is because she doesn't like, she's uncomfortable with having, like putting herself out there and being out there. And she's very like hard on herself and how she looks and which is all completely understandable and reasonable. But like as a result, she basically, uh, since me and my producer have been talking to her, like she doesn't want anything to do with the film and she wants her name taken off the film. She doesn't really oh, want to do, she doesn't really want to do any more work on the film. She's willing to. She said she's willing to do more work on the film, but she doesn't really wow. want to. And it's and it's a and it's a horror film and and so, you know, there's kind of some like extreme shocking stuff in it. I I tried I've been through the process of making the film. I was trying to really accommodate her and what what her comfort level was with stuff, you know, even though it was different than mine. But now that we have to do pickups, something that I want mm-hmm. from the pickups is like to add some more kind of like edgy, like shocking kind of stuff. I think that would really like elevate the film. It feels like what is missing from the film right now, a few more kind of like flag scenes. But 
I'm she's I do not think she's going to want to do anything like that because from her point of view she's quitting acting and why would she want to do anything sort of risky or risque or edgy you know when she doesn't even want to see herself in the film at all anyways you know right and so I'm sort of like wrestling with all this because when I set out to make this movie, I was really looking forward to the creative partnership with a female lead and developing that story together. And her and I did a lot of writing and stuff together. And a big part of me, I'm always very big on establishing trust with people and, and making sure everybody has their proper input and stuff like that and feels comfortable with the material that we're making. But now it's harder you know, it's like, where do I settle with considering and listening to somebody's thoughts about the film when at the end of the day, they're trying to quit filmmaking, quit acting and want nothing to do with the film? Yeah. OK. That's <laughs> a, I once well, I once uh, worked with an, uh, an actress who this just became she was in L.A. for a while and she had some friends in Chicago and was just starting to feel like a pull to like to go out there. Mm-hmm. And so she basically wound up, I think the day we wrapped this movie that we did together, she, she left that day for Chicago. And then she came back a few months later and I was able to get some like ADR with her and whatnot. Then she, she did wind up coming back to LA like years later, but regardless, yeah, it was, it was, she was it was, it was interesting. Some of it was kind of like, you know, as these things tend to happen sometimes, like what she was going through was kind of like dovetailing with some of the themes and, what was going on in, in the film and whatnot. But uh, anyway, she still acts. Uh, so I haven't worked with anyone who like was like, I'm about to leave. Basically, like I have worked with someone else who then quit acting fairly soon after. Anyway, if her heart's not really in it anymore, then I, and she wants really nothing to do. You know what I mean? Like she's basically willing to put in the work. That's different. Like because she started something and she's willing to finish it as she should. All in all, since nothing, since nothing ha- bad happened there. You know what yeah. I mean? I, yeah, I would say... I don't know. <laughs> you know the ins and outs of the situation. Just from what I'm I'm hearing, I mean, yeah, I would say take whatever – just take into consideration whatever input she's willing to give. But it sounds like she's not really willing to give any. So Yeah. But then as, as you were saying, like as far as, you know, reshooting the stuff, you're looking for things that are a little more risque or whatnot. And it's hard – yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. That's a tough one. Yeah. Because when someone – dealing with someone – like, and you're still dealing with – and they're just kind of like over it basically and they're done. I don't – Yeah. I mean, hopefully she'll just kind of, you know, step it up for, again, she's, you know, she took this on with you. So hopefully she'll see it through and just, you know, as whether or not she's still acting or not, just as a person, just be accountable for that and yeah. wrap things up. And then, you know, where, where I've sort of settled trying to create like a fair deal, right? Something that in theory benefits what both of us want. Cause like, because it's found footage and the characters in the movie operate the camera a lot. Essentially, we can have her in scenes without actually being her, if that makes sense, because we don't need mm-hmm. to, she's the one, if sure, she's yeah. the one op- operating the camera. So what I was going to propose to her is, if you are willing to lend your voice basically to whatever else we're going to put in the film, then you just do these, I have like these two tiny little pickups that require her. You do these two tiny little pickups and then you're free other than giving us voice stuff when we need it, basically. And that's a way of like, sort of like, hey, I know you want to be done with this project and stuff and not have it hanging over your head. Just do these two little things and commit to doing voice stuff for the rest of the film and you're done. There doesn't have to be any more conversations. There doesn't have to be any more like trying to convincing or getting her on board or anything like that. We could just do... 
I could do what's right for, I feel like, the story of the film, you know, essentially, and not have to necessarily mm. constantly wrangle with whether <laughs> whether she's up for it based on, you know, her career trajectory and acting and whether it's worth it to take that risk and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. It's tough because, you when know, is like... she thinking about going to Sweden or is that just up in the air? That's up in the air. I have a call with her this week, so we'll see. But it's tough because I'm very, very guarded against being like the exploitative like filmmaker or whatever, right? Who just like uses people to kind of like further their creative vision without regard for that person's like emotional safety or well-being or anything like that. Sure. You know? Yeah. But on the other hand, like this script was risky it was like there was some really out there stuff in it from the get-go and so i feel like you know i'm adding scenes that just like follow up on that tone at this point Mm -hmm. you know it's nothing that was like way out of left field and ultimately like i do want to respect and like give her what she wants there's also everybody else who put a lot of time effort and money into making this film and so You know, I want it to be, I mean, selfishly, I want it to be the best it can be, obviously, but also for everybody else who put their heart and soul into this film, I want it to be the best it can be as a reward for them and not make it some sort of shortchanged version of what it could be just because somebody's now like changed their mind and is uncomfortable with having their image out there. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, again, I think that she, you know, knew what she was signing up for and what she was getting herself into. And so, yeah, she should just basically, you know, finish out her duties and whatnot and wrap things up and for, you know, for everyone else's sake, for the sake of her collaborators and yeah, going from there. I mean, if she doesn't want to promote it or whatever, like whatever, fair enough. But as long as she does her job. Fulfills her requirements, yes. On the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Fulfills her requirements. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I'll, you know, for your sake, I look forward to, yeah, when, when her job there is wrapped up and you don't have to worry about that anymore, as you were saying. So yeah, it's it's yeah, that sucks. I had high such high hopes for the collaboration aspects of this project, and for this to be how it's gone is yeah really disappointing. But you kind of always have that risk whenever you're taking on a new collaborator. Yeah, um, you know, so that's my favorite aspect of filmmaking is when I feel like my partners and I are building something together that we're very proud of, and we're getting a lot of fulfillment from it. It brings a lot of joy. And that's great. And so when everyone's kind of like firing, you know, firing on all cylinders like that, that's awesome. But then whenever there's someone, especially if it's someone you're close to on any level who feels otherwise, that can be really, really tough. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely snake bit. And so for this next project, I just only want to work with people that I've worked with before. <laughs> I'm like, how can I get all the people I know I'm like really comfortable with and friends with and have established relationships with to come come sure. make a movie with me? You know, and I think, you know, part of me also worries about what's the story like? There's no, like, explicit sexuality in the film or anything like that. Like, certainly not to the level of, like, 12 months. There's no nudity in the film. There's very, like, sexually, like, charged and suggestive scenes, for sure. And sort of, like, part of me definitely worries about the story that could be told about this film from one person's perspective, where it was just, like, this director pushing for, like, all this sexuality when, you know, other people were uncomfortable Uh. with it. But unfortunately, like... I think at the end of the day, when you're dealing with risky, like edgy, more controversial kind of material, I think that's just always the sort of risk that you have to accept when you're dealing with those sure. areas. Because at the end of the day, you can't control the, the you you can you can act with as much integrity and forthrightness and and treating people well. You know, you can do all that as much 
much as you can and should do those things. But at the end of the day, people are going to tell this. You can't control what stories people are going to tell about you and how they're going to yeah. tell them and how <laughs> their experiences yeah. and views of the world are going to affect those stories. So you can drive yourself a little crazy sometimes, spinning your wheels over yeah things that are completely out of your control like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because that's that's one of my, you know, always been like one of my hangups and like one of my um, pet peeves, points of insecurity, whatnot, is feeling misunderstood. Yep. And so, especially when I was younger, it would lead me to like, if I feel like something I said was misinterpreted, then I would feel the need to like, oh, I need to correct that. But then sometimes that could be a really slippery slope because sometimes I just wouldn't know when to stop trying (laughs) or like, or I'd feel like my correction came off wrong. And the next thing you know, I'm just like going, it's a downward spiral of like, oh "Oh, shit, everything I'm saying is wrong. And the next wrong thing I say is just going to exacerbate the problem and make the previous wrong thing even more wrong. And then it's just like. Down and down I go. So I've definitely got a lot better about that as I've gotten older. But it's still like, you know, I still feel that that tickle. Depending on what the situation is, if I just need to let it go, just like breathe through it, let it go, and just know that like I did my best. And if something got misinterpreted and I maybe I tried to – if I tried to correct it or whatnot, you just – yeah, like you said, you can't control what people are ultimately going to receive and then how they're going to, you know – share that story with the world or whatnot. Well, and as directors, I think it doesn't necessarily get talked about a lot, but you're not in the same way that actors are, but as a director, you're out there on every project. You're interacting heavily with everybody. You know, everybody sees what you're doing. Everybody has an opinion on what you're doing and how you're doing it. And like, you try and put that stuff out of your mind as much as possible. But but at the end of the day, yeah, you are very much out there and and how your work is being done and what the work that you're doing is very much out there. So it's always going to be open to that sort of criticism and and people forming opinions about that stuff. Yeah, depending on how you feel. I mean, you can definitely, yeah, you're in a position where if you were so inclined, you could very much so feel, you know, scrutiny yeah, I mean, that's just going to happen. There, there are going to be days and there will be moments where, you know, you feel like you're out of your depth. You know, what the hell you're doing? Whatever. I keep trudging forward and trying to remain as, as positive as, as possible. And knowing, you know, ultimately, like, why I'm there, like, why I'm doing what I'm doing and my reasons for it and how I stand behind those. So, anyway, so basically, I try you know, And as a director, you really cannot. I mean, as an actor, as anything on set, but especially if you're leading the charge or you're in front of the camera or whatever, like, you really can't succumb to your own insecurities and your, those pressures and whatnot. No, you're definitely, you're definitely putting yourself out there. Everyone's looking to you for answers. The way I usually look at that is like, that's, uh, I'm very grateful for that fact. And I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm also someone who's good in crisis or good in situations where like, you know, it's a pressure cooker. Like, all right, you know, let's do this. That only motivates me more. But some of that's, you know, just a survival mechanism as well. Like I can't fold, I can't crumble to, even if, because a lot of it, again, it's just like would be in my head. Like if I were to succumb to it, like me second guessing, like what other people might be thinking of me at any given moment, you know what I mean? In any situation in life, you can drive yourself crazy with that shit. Yeah. Like you said, like as long as you know, like, you know, you're operating with integrity and you know your reasons for doing what you're doing and can probably stand behind them, then that's, that's all you can do. That's all you can control. Yeah, man. Yeah. But I wouldn't worry about, I mean, like, again, it sounds like she's, it's not like she kind of went into this project with like, maybe this was like her last ditch effort. It mm-hmm. seems like, like obviously, this uh, she what happened, what did not happen, from what I can tell, is that she did not go into this project. Like, yep, I love acting, and I feel very like you know excited about you know everything to do with acting, and I'm just going to keep going forward down this path. And like, and then your movie derailed all that. Like, no, it sounds like she was very conflicted with her relationship with acting at that point. This was the last ditch effort, and yeah, she just wound up feeling like you know what, this isn't worth it for me anymore. Which fair enough, but again, you have to fulfill your obligations and finish what you started. So. I yes. wouldn't worry about I, yeah, whatever she or anyone else might say about yeah, you're good, you're good, you're good, Clinton. Thanks, man. 
Thank you. You're a good guy. guy. (laughs) Yeah, but I get it. I get it when you're sensitive, when you care. Like, you know, I I totally get it. Like, we do care about what other people think. And plus, you know, yeah. Anyway, for all the reasons we've just discussed. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Oh, well, that brings... Okay, so what we were saying earlier before... uh, Yeah, I definitely did not know about any of that because I would have certainly remembered... I knew that there might have been like an issue. I feel like there was like an inkling of an issue, but maybe we just didn't really get into it last time we talked. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I certainly didn't know about all that. Yeah. But going back around to, you know, the position you're in right now, you basically have a movie, 12 months, as you say, is 98% fully com- you know, completed. So that's very exciting. Again, you can pull the trigger on festival submissions or whatever you might want to do next, like whenever you want to. But that's there. You're excited about it. It's great. And you're ready to share it with people. So that's cool. And you've got this other one that is a little more difficult process right now, but it's getting there. You, ha- you still have it in the can, minus a few little, you know, reshoots and whatnot. So at least you're able to, to keep crafting that. And then, yeah, maybe you'll be able to shoot something in the summer, like you said. So Yeah, I just need to – It's that, all good My stuff. next step is buckling yeah. down and starting to write that. And that's just, you know, that's a whole other process. So whenever you do get, you know, start getting these, these films out there, so like pretty soon it's going to be – it's going to go from you feeling really anxious for that to happen and really anticipating that to next thing you know, you're going to have multiple you know projects getting out there. So yeah. it's going to be pretty, pretty nonstop. So that's cool. It'd be nice to be travel. I mean, yeah, and I have short films that I need to finish too. It'll be nice to travel the world with all that shit. What's, so what's the next project or anything you're willing to divulge or a certain uh, direction you're going in with it or? I'm honestly just still, nothing's really struck me yet. I've been trying to keep in mind like what my resources are, what what's a realistic production scale, these sorts of things. So for like me, it's like, who are the sure. people that I want to m- work with and might be available? And I have that list of people. What resources do I already have here in terms of gear and equipment and stuff? You know, like I have a camera, we could buy another one. I have some limited lighting equipment. I have my sound equipment, things like that. How much could I spend realistically? Probably between like ten dollars and $20,000 at the very 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 high end and that creates a certain budgetary Mm -hmm. scale sure i'm not super set on a genre i maybe want to do another horror movie to you know ingrain myself potentially with like that brand as a filmmaker or you know maybe i'd be open to something else i'm not super sure still sweating that one and then story-wise like obviously i have hawaii and i know all of the sort of great like outdoor stuff here having lived here and grown up here so that's a big resource and i want to think of a way to like take advantage of all of that yeah and then the other thing is like having grown up in hawaii and understanding the culture here and stuff i do want to do a story that somewhat integrates and like honors and captures that culture so those are the things i'm kind of like weighing in my mind and i haven't like you know i don't know how it works for you but for me i i'm thinking about the different things that i want the different things i'd like to do the different resources i have and then at some point hopefully sooner rather than later like everything will kind of like align in my mind and i'll get struck like with a bolt of lightning yeah and then it's like, oh, this is a good idea and I can do this. And, you know, sometimes you get those strikes and like they don't stick. And so that means it was a, it was a false, false thing. But sometimes you get those strikes, it sticks, you keep development. And then all of a sudden, like it's it's just really easy to make that movie. Like the, the motivation's there all the time and everything just keeps continuing to be this kind of wonderful iterative process as you keep showing up to work on it, you know. So, yeah, but I haven't been struck yet waiting for that still. And probably part of that is I've just been distracted with doing this moving stuff and like all these other things with these other projects. And I just sure. really need to set out time and like schedule time to write and be available to that inspiration. I definitely agree with sitting out some time every day to be available to that inspiration. 
And also, you never can tell when that inspiration is gonna gonna strike. Sometimes it's gonna be in the moments in between. You know what I mean? Sometimes you'll be in that writing session, as it were, and it might not come to you then. But later on in the day, when you're in the shower or you're doing whatever, something else, it might. Be- but because you've been tilling the soil, you know what I'm saying? Like if you keep actively yep. pursuing it. No. Yes. Yes. And you then can't, it'll, it'll it'll come to you. You can't sit around and just do nothing, and things will come to you. I find it's like you have to at least be no, doing yeah. some sort of work or note taking or research or something. It's a very active process man for me it's dude questions i list questions Mm -hmm. upon questions because guess what you're never gonna run out of you're never gonna run out of questions no and pretty soon those questions become like clues towards you know and then elements and then details of a story then things just start adding up yeah so next thing you know like you start kind of figuring out not to sound too whatever but like those questions turn into answers at some point you know yeah yeah i mean for me that's that's kind of how they all sometimes i'll have like you know, sometimes it's a, it's a theme or a character or a, or a moment or a general plot or whatever, but like something early on or sometimes I'm just kind of like, okay, what's what's going on with me right now? And I'll start from a very like far back place with it and just kind of start. I might have an idea of like, all right, like you're saying, like you're assessing your resources and you're kind of like establishing the parameters, right? You're figuring out your playground and what you have to explore within, which is awesome. So then you're operating from that place. So, so whenever the, the things do start coming together, well, you know that it's doable. You know you, you can make it happen because you've already been filtering everything through all that, through that mentality, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I would just, I mean, you you obviously know how to write, but, but that's, you know, my thing is start right. Fucking listen questions. Yeah. No, yeah, I'll, give mean, that, I'll give that a try. I, I will do that for... Why not? Because, yeah, we have endless questions, that's for sure. So... Yeah, man, that's exciting. That's it's all. I mean, that's a very exciting place to be in. Um, any of those moments of discovery, or like when you're whether you've had that moment yet, or because you always know it's it's right there. Like it, you're on the um, on the precipice of that discovery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you don't feel it at times, or you feel like you're just racking your brain, you're like, all right, I haven't really come up with a the story yet. I haven't figured out the idea that I need to pursue yet. But you just you you're circling it, whether you feel like it or not, you are circling it. And it's through that circling that you eventually arrive at it or vice versa. So no, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. It's exciting. Yeah, I don't I, I remember the moment when I got struck by twelve months. I was just driving down Mulholland Drive late at night and just like thinking over in my head, like, you know, I really loved boyhood and I was like, what other ideas could mm-hmm. benefit from a real real time movie? Because I was thinking, I just loved boyhood and I was just thinking about it and I was just, you know, just kind of I didn't have any music playing in my car or whatever and I was just driving and thinking on Mulholland Drive and then it just mm-hmm. struck me I was like oh a relationship over real time and oh what's a realistic time frame oh over the course of like a year that makes a lot of sense I was like oh shit yeah. that's in my yeah. wheelhouse that's something like I've already been doing projects like that I could do this project I could make this and I could make it good and that's just like, yeah. that was I was struck with it in that moment and it's like it just never left me after that and it took me a while to get around to actually starting the making of it but as soon as I was hit by that idea I was like I'm gonna make this feature that's great yeah I was a uh, guest on another podcast a few days ago and they were asking me the host of it Simon was asking me about Cold Feet he just watched Cold Feet kind of like where that came from and that very much came from like, all right, I had a layover heading to Memphis and I wanted to come up with a new movie. And I basically during that two or three hour layover just started figuring out like, OK, what do I, you know, who do I want to work with again? What kind of genre do I want to attack? You know, I just started putting certain parameters in place and it came very naturally. And then I still like, you know, I'm like, OK, I want this to happen. I want these people. I want this, this, this. And then it just kind of started snowballing from there. I still had to figure out like the ins and outs of the story. And the, I mean, there's a lot left to figure out, but it was a very fruitful layover. Uh, I went yeah. to Memphis with basically a very general idea and certain things, certain certain details and certain whatnot. And I shared them with my buddy Brad, who I wanted to co-direct it with. And he was intrigued. 
And then I saw my buddy Adam Johnson's house for the first time, and I'm like, this is the perfect location. <laughs> so, like, before I had even written, like, you know, very early on, like, we were, like, asking Adam if we could maybe shoot in his house for, like, whatever. It wound up being, like, you know, 16 days, uh, like, in a year or two. And he was, <laughs> yeah, Adam being the gracious guy, wonderful friend that he is, was like, yeah, I think we can make that work. And nice. did. Anyway. I mean, hey, that's the thing. So it's like, cool when you when, get that motivation, yeah. it, it comes quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so next thing I know, I'm like, I'm back home. I, you know, got back to LA. I'm like, okay, like, so what is this exactly? I know here are my parameters. Here's my sandbox. What is, what exactly is going on here? What are the characters? What is, what's the exact story? Like, so on and so forth. And it all worked out. And then you had another Exciting, movie. man. Yeah, I made another movie I'm really proud of. And we're about to finally, oh, yeah, it's another, we're about to sign with our distributor for that and just making sure we have everything together so we can, you know, when we do sign the dotted line, we're able to deliver within like, you know, the 30 day time frame and whatnot. Um, and then working on finding someone to do social media to help with social media for that. So we're talking to someone about that right now. We'll see how that works out. And yeah, the writing process, I was just talking as far as, you know, the notes and notes and notes. Like I just, yeah, I've got two, a book and a script. I think I've told you, told you this, but like that I'm writing right now. And those both came about from just that process of like, okay, what am I trying to do here? Yeah. And it wound up turning into to two different stories that I'm now like bouncing back and forth between. And I'm super excited about both of them. It's fun. It's just, yeah, started with like a general feeling of like, okay, you know, just a general feeling that I need to explore. Then next thing you know, you got a whole thing. So, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you. On that note, so we got just a few minutes left. Maybe do you want to talk about real fast like anything you've seen recently? Soul is still sticking with me. And I think I mentioned that last time we talked about Oh, but yeah. It's still fucking... We did just talk. You're right. We did just talk about Soul. Soul was great. Yeah, I love Soul. It's still sticking with me, man. Did you watch Sound of Metal yet? No, I haven't. You highly recommend Oh, man. I did. I do. And I, I did. And I do. That one's still sticking with me, too. Really? Hmm. Oh, yeah. I guess so you know around this time I usually get we usually get the uh, the Oscar nominations screeners yeah it's yeah or the nominations yeah those are actually going to be on my wife's birthday March fifteenth those will be announced this year so it is a little different right now we got our, you know we got the SAG nominations we got Golden Globes so on and so a bunch of critics awards critics groups but yeah no Oscar nods yet but soon I'm really excited about watching okay so Soul and Sound of Metal recently saw loved uh, One Night in Miami was fantastic mm. um, yeah. I finally saw The Five Bloods, which I also really loved all in all. Like, it was it was pretty great. Like, Spike Lee definitely goes for it, as he does. He's 100% Spike Lee, which, <laughs> you know, God bless him for it. And sometimes it works for me, sometimes it doesn't. And that one really, really, like, worked for me. As the Black Klansman. So recently, he's definitely been... I mean, he's obviously a very incredibly talented filmmaker. Yes. Who takes big chances, and I respect that. But yeah, The Five Bloods was... It was great. I'm really excited about Nomad La- Nomadland is out there now on Hulu. I'm really excited mm, to watch yeah. that. Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm really excited about. Really want to see Minari. I want to see The Father, Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Coleman. Anyway, there's a bunch that on the horizon. I'm really excited about. But yeah, Soul and Sound of Metal are two recent revelations, as it were. Probably my top two of the year right now. I've been very anti uh, TV for a long time, but now that I have a girlfriend, I'm watching more TV again because that's what you that's what you do. When you're in a couple. I don't know if I realize you're anti-TV. I'm pretty. I'm. I still. I, st- I, st- I still am. It's just such an easy thing to do when you're when you're in a relationship. It's like a thing to do. Oh, together. it's great. Well, it's fun too to like. You know, it's a fun thing to, to to wrap up. Like you know, my wife and I like when we can like love like wrapping up the day and like watching something. You know, 
Yeah. These char- characters that we've got become invested in. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Especially, when, it's especially exciting, like, when it's a show. Because a lot of the times it's like, you know, we'll only watch shows together, of course, that we both are at the very least liking. Like, sometimes we'll start a show and she won't be into it. And so I'll, if I'm into it, I'll just continue it on, like, whenever I can. Or vice versa. But usually, like, you know, sometimes, like, we'll watch a show. We'll both like it or really like it. But maybe I'll love it and she really likes it or vice versa. But we recently saw one where we both, like, just fucking loved it. And so that's really exciting when that happens. And that show is Search Party mm. on HBO Max. Oh, really? Search Party gets my highest recommendation for a show. All right. I will, I will keep that in mind. You are now someone. Uh, yeah. I've been telling, telling friends. So, yeah, man. You should should definitely check it out. Yeah. I'll, I'll say no more outside of check it out. Cool. And I think you'll. Cool. Any TV bias that you may or may not have will be brushed aside. <laughs> <laughs> out the door after you watch search for it. no it's just it's it's fantastic i mean I, i'm not the kind of person who really worries about overselling something so never mind if i'm really passionate about it, i'm gonna let you know that i'm really passionate about okay it okay Maybe i'll give it a it. shot so i'll give it a shot just do it clinton and i don't want to hear from you and no I'm just kidding okay uh but no let me know <laughs> let me know it's funny because i i was pushing on gabe for a little bit and then you know he was receptive he was you know, willing to stick, but he just hadn't watched it yet. And then basically, like, Gabe and I talk, like, every every Tuesday morning now. We catch up. And there's one Tuesday morning. I was, like, kind of mentioning it again, trying not to be overbearing about it. He's like, okay, yeah, I think we'll, we might get around to that. The next Tuesday we talked. He's like, we watched the whole thing. <laughs> we watched we watched all of it. He and his wife watched all of it. Loved it. So there you go. It's four. It's only four seasons so far. It's ten episodes each season. Each episode is, like, 23 minutes. So if you get into it, it might not take you forever to cool. catch up on it. I appreciate that. So Yeah, man. Of course. Absolutely. What are you guys watching right now? Just out of curiosity. It's been kind of like shotgun. I don't have I don't have a good opinion on anything. Next time next time we talk, I'll have a little bit more to say. It's kind of been all <laughs> over the place. We haven't settled Fair we haven't enough. settled on a show yet, so a lot of sampling. Uh okay, I got gotcha. you. You want to toss out anything that you've been sampling? You don't have to. Of well, I mean, I mean the I'm main the main thing guy. is like uh, Superstore, the sitcom, um, is is the main thing we've been okay, watching. Okay, I have watched. We have watched a little bit of I Dave, just, which I really am appreciating. But it's just like so good. We I've don't want to like. About that. Uh, we don't want to like half watch it. Superstore is the thing that we like half watch. Have you guys tried any like the newer classics, such as like I mean Parks and Rec is something else I would recommend to anyone who hasn't seen it. Parks and Recreation. She's gone. She's gone through all those things before. So yeah, tough. You missed. You missed her Parks and Rec phase. I'm still tough. resentful of TV. So we'll see how this 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 journey goes for me. Wow. Jeez. All right. Well, man, well, I can't believe we're signing off on this this note. Oh yeah. Know, okay. Well, next know, ta- next time we talk, I'll go on my anti TV rant. I gotta hear. Okay. I gotta hear it, <laughs> and then I'll I'll uh, yeah. Because I used to feel more like you did, like years ago. Well, maybe not just like you, but I used to like. There was a period in my early twenties where I'm like, I'm not watching TV, and then I I pulled my head on my ass, and then no, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. Here we go. No, but the next thing you know, like honestly, I think it was the show when I fell in love with Friday Night Lights, which is still my favorite TV show. That amongst other things, but I mean, that was in 2006 when that came about. That's so what I was like. All right, if it's a great show, if multiple people whose opinions I trust are recommending a show to me, as they were with Friday Night Lights. Well, actually, with Friday Night Lights, it was mainly my friend Brad at first because not a lot of people were watching it at that time. The next thing you know, like Friday Night Lights is a massive, I mean, like, you know, I love that show. A lot of people love that show for good reason. Anyway, yeah, we'll talk more soon. Yeah. I, I look forward to that. Cool, man. It's been great catching that, up with you and we'll On we'll that do harmonious more. note, yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care of your <laughs> All right, family. Good time to you, buddy. All right, later, dude. Yeah, I will. All right, man. Have a good one. Later. All right, that about wraps it up for episode 17. Thank you all so much for checking it out. My personal reaction listening to my old self there was, uh, yeah, it's weird. I was just reviewing the contract for the distributor for 12 months, about to sign a deal. 
we're on the cusp of it. And so it's just so weird having gone through the process and all the ups and downs and the disappointments and the victories and stuff. And, and right then just to hear how like, oh, that that younger version of me just had no idea what he was doing or what he was getting himself into. So <laughs> it's really interesting to have that perspective. But uh, yeah. No, it's same like, with all the things that I'm, um, you know, that I was just talking about and we were discussing. And again, not to, you know, hit it over the head, you know, too much. But uh, yeah, even I mentioned on this one too, I'm like, oh yeah, Nomad Land just came out on Hulu or whatnot. Can't wait to watch that. And I always found it kind of poetic that we watched Nomad Land the night before. And then it was the middle of the night when we were forced to be nomads of sorts oh. and forced out of our home. So I'm just saying, Nomad Land. <laughs> Tune into that story for, uh, next episode on the Story Live <laughs> podcast. Perfect. Perfect segue. <laughs> um, but before then, folks, feel free to contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com, where you'll find more information about us and what we do as coaches and consultants for fellow artists, as Clinton mentioned. Uh, You'll also find links to our Patreon and social media pages. Yeah, I would love for y'all to connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at Clinton Cornwell. You know, who's out there? Who's listening? I want to know you. I am also one who loves to connect. So find me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. And on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. Also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Save Yourself and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Batman on Amazon. Also, Being Awesome is now currently available on Tubi. Ruby, Voodoo, and the Roku channel. So yeah, check it out. Please. <laughs> Thank you to our editor, the deadly Mr. Mike Jimenez, for his <laughs> wonderful work slicing and dicing the crap out of our diatribes and thank you mm. to all of our friends and family for their love and support we couldn't do it without y'all yes mike thank you for your ruthless assassin-like precision with uh killing all the the dead air if you will that sounds redundant but i'm still gonna go with it mike you're great our family and friend, families and friends you're also fantastic thank you to all of you uh folks we have many more episodes coming up so please subscribe and join us next week this has been uh, Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. With Story Life. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Guys, we did it. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 I'm going to top the unicorn one now. You did this to yourself. Yeah. What you did was you spent, you used unicorn and rainbow colored in one. You should have spread them out. You know, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, only you, uh, you you had a coach and a consultant for for your outros. <laughs> uh, Just kidding. <laughs>